0: found them software engineers found that project manager i could never seem to hire and found linkedin jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience in fact 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com spoken that's linkedin.com spoken terms and conditions apply
1: this week on unbox i'm speaking with simon squibb my dream is to help people figure out their dream and do it do you ever start a business of your own yeah what business would you start Restaurant, of course. I shared it with the community. They all funded him to do his dream. I'm proud of England in so many ways. For some reason, I have to ask myself why more and more. But it's let itself go. Get a combination of corruption alongside manipulation. What they're doing is literally working out how much money they can squeeze out of a human being. What are some of the traits that you think are absolutely fundamental to success today? The things that I've seen that 100% guarantee success. These people say, oh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I'm like, well, what about where you were born then, mate? How hard did you work in the womb?
2: Sit back, relax and enjoy Simon Swift. Well, Simon, thank you for coming on Unbox. Great to be here. All right, there's a question. I had to start with this because I couldn't think of a better way to kick things off with you. What's your
1: dream? Wow, okay. Actually, I don't get asked that very often. There you um, go. And uh, it's something I love to ask people because it's such an open question. I think at this stage in my life, my my dream is to help people figure out their dream and do it. And I just feel like too many people are trapped, not doing what they love, and it's got to change. And I want to help people do what they love, and I will help people for free forever to try and do that. And what's it like for you to help people on a day-to-day level, like I, I can
2: only imagine the frequency and through your platform, your incredible reach and everything else, you've created this database. You said, you know, six figures. It's, it's amazing what you've built. Um, what is it? What's it like for you to
1: help people every day? It's something. When I was younger, I was quite a selfish individual, and I think that's quite normal when, when you're young. You kind of need to get yourself up on your feet. You need to be self-sufficient. You need to have income. So I never really thought about other people when I was younger, and and um, I wish I had realized how rewarding helping other people was when I was younger I think it's only when I got financially um, self-sufficient and and didn't need to worry about money anymore that I started helping other people I should have done it earlier because I've never slept so well Mm. I've never felt so good I've never felt more alive I've never been happier and it's because I can help other people and actually that's what we're meant to do We're tribal, we're meant to be helping each other. We've forgotten this. The societal structures of today's financial system has meant that we're all looking after ourselves and locking our doors and our front doors and closing off our communities. And that's wrong, we're meant to help each other. So I feel really uh, empowered and excited. And, And it's something that I've noticed as I've talked about it, that people who have helped other people without any expectation of anything in return have felt the same thing I feel, alive. And that's the key, right?
2: Not having the expectation of getting something back. And do you think today, you know, people who have got to that level of freedom, do you think there's a responsibility for people who are wealthy, who've achieved success in their career, whatever it might be, even just being in a position of influence in an industry?
1: Do you think there's a responsibility for those people to give back and to help? The short answer is yes, it's a responsibility. But I would also say I think we can all do it. We should stop perhaps saying it's only the rich that should do it. And so I, I on my social media, I have over three million followers. I will say, imagine if we all just did one kind thing for a stranger today. Even if it's just retweeted someone or liked something that that person had posted, it doesn't have to cost you money. Just do something nice for a stranger. Three million people doing that; those three million people that you helped would wake up and blink. I've got this in me too. I could do it. Mm-hmm. The the butterfly effect of that kindness is incredible. We could literally make the world a better place tomorrow. People did it. You don't need money to be kind mm. and
2: we've lost the idea of you know community today i feel like as you say everyone's so almost we're so connected yet so isolated in 2023 because of social media but also the lack of connection i think in real life and one thing that inspires me so much about what you do is so much of what you do is around real life interaction it's going out to people and helping them in the street feel like the next generation couldn't even get themselves to do that because there's almost a lack of social skills i found anyway amongst gen z like have you noticed that have you noticed a shift even in just the way that people interact and has that had an impact on
1: the ability for random people to go up to strangers and help them i think it's all to do with what people consume every day and some people are caught in a bubble that's uh When We're tribal, right? We're actually meant to work in pockets of 5,000 helping each other. That's how we used to operate. And now, thanks to social media and the way the world's been structured out, we become tribal within a football team environment, for example. I'm red, you're blue. And when we divide ourselves, as opposed to bring ourselves together, and even politics, you're red or you're blue, which, by the way, is an illusion of choice. Right. Oh, yeah. It's all rubbish. We're not really a, dem- a democracy. We've got two choices and neither of them I like. So what now? And I think that's what's happened. We've been, the tribalism has been used against us. You know, you're either red or you're blue. And I think you're either Pepsi or you're Coke. Right. Everything's been dividing us. All the marketing, all the structures divided us. And actually, we just need to take back control, ironically, of just like being help- helpful to each other. But what I've noticed... I mean, I just brought someone new onto my team, really smart young man, um, and I looked at his feed on social media, and he's literally consumed by football, for example, which almost seems like an acceptable thing. Like right? football is, oh, that's fun. What's the problem, Simon? But actually, it creates depression and uh, disappointment, and pe- it's not. No, football used to lift people up. We play football together. We feel like we're exercising. We're having fun. It's all become about the money now. It's mm. about getting you to buy that t-shirt or buy that ticket or like them on social media so they can make more money out of you and and people are being used yeah and and football's just a prime example it's it's no longer about having fun and it being fit and it's about how to get money out of you. Mm. And that's what everything's been split up to do.
2: You know, if I'm a young person and my whole existence is being flooded with kind of ultra capitalism, ultra marketing in every way it's to get me to spend my money, which yep. I don't even have anymore because it's so difficult to make a living these days. How do I combat that? How do I find a sense of meaning and purpose in a world which is trying to take from you essentially every yep. day?
1: Yep. Well, it links back to what you just said. To be financially free, the first thing people think of when they hear this is make lots of money. But actually, that's not the first step to become financially free. The first step to be financially free is get your costs down. So, if you're going to buy a car, just remember you're selling time when you buy that car. So that car now you you the car owns you. If you buy a house on a mortgage, you're now working for the bank. You're paying the bank money every month. If they asked you to, to get a job with them, would you would you get a job with them? No, you no one wants to work for HSBC, right? No one but, wants to. Work. So how do they do it? How do they get you to work for them? They get you to sign into a 25-year deal, so you, and it doesn't even last 25 years, by the way. You mm-hmm. re, you lifestyle inflation, bigger house, bigger the life. The average person moves
2: five times in their life. It's five mortgages. So, so and you, you, you know the average mortgage, mortgage
1: costs two and a half times. or oh, you know, There's two and a half times the, the price of the house. Right. My, and that's not in taking, taking into account inflation. You have people listening to this. We'll have people talk about like you are like you mentioning there. Oh, my house has gone up three times in value. I'm like, sell it and take the profit. They can't. They can't because if they go and live somewhere else now because they bought that house, everything's gone up. And then they say they'll leave it for their kids because that's the other big thing. Well, I'm going to leave it for my kids. Well, inheritance tax is going to take 46% away from you because people don't know to put it in a trust because most people are financially literate. And then once that house is sold to pay the inheritance tax, the two kids you've got, you're dividing it amongst, get 25% each. Then what? They have to get a mortgage to buy exactly the same house 25 years from now if they're lucky. So even you leaving it to your kids is just creating slavery for your kids. Why do people not know this? Well, it's not the popular mainstream narrative, is it? Because It if makes you, a lot of money for the banks as well. Makes, right? It's back to what I was just saying. People have been brainwashed into basically paying out money and selling time to pay for these things, right? So I always tell people, buy time, don't sell time. And the problem is that everybody doesn't realise when you buy a car or buy that house, you're actually selling time, an unscalable thing you cannot get back. Mm. Why would you do that? So it all comes back to school, in my opinion. The education system doesn't make you financially literate which is crazy. I was on live TV asking the education minister, why don't you teach financial literacy to kids? And he said it cannot be taught, which is absolute joke. Of course it can be taught. It's so endemic. The problem is so, so rooted in
2: so many different things, I think. And, you know, if I'm a young person today and I hear what you're saying now, which couldn't be more true, by the way, I personally agree massively, but it's hard to, I think, um pick some of the brainwashing in my mind that goes into these systems ultimately of making money for the banks i.e. university system which i have a massive problem with and i'd imagine you do as well in terms of student loans in the way that
1: again it traps people in a well people have got no choice to do that as well they thought if you don't have a degree you can't get a job now is that true well of course not i i i bring people into my businesses all the time and i don't care about the qualifications actually i care more about experience there's the irony if you don't go to university and you went mm. and started something, even if it failed, I'm more likely to give you a job than someone who's got a university degree with no experience. Yeah. They've like, just done a good job selling it. And it's a business. this makes a it lot get. of money. And again,
2: interest, which people don't, again, due to financial literacy, people don't understand, yep. especially compound interest. I mean, I see it now, you know, my wife dropped out of university and every, you know, every year on the tax table and there's, A good amount of money that has to go back to paying that student loan. I didn't have a student loan. Thankfully, I managed to not go down that route. Um, But people think, oh, it's not a real payment. That that always comes up. £60,000 It's of tax.
1: tax, It's not real. But you still have to pay it back. Well, in addition, you're part of a a credit rating system once that happens too. So this is one of the the things that I think a lot of people don't get. The credit rating systems and I won't name them because I don't want to give them exposure, but they are owned by private companies. Mm. They're not public utilities designed to help you have a better life. They're literally monitoring your credit and then encouraging you to take on debt to increase your credit rating. What they're doing is literally working out how much money they can squeeze out of a human being. Yeah. That's what those credit rating apps are doing. And we are plugged into them. And I, for example, moved back from Hong Kong to England five years ago, and I'm a multimillionaire. And I couldn't get BT to give me a, a uh, internet service because I had no credit rating, because I had no debt. Mm. So literally because I have no debt, You're they assume punished. I have no money, right? Yeah. And they don't, actually they don't want people not to be in debt. I'm, I'm annoying to them because they, I, they can't sell me debt. And they can't make money on the They can't make money off me. Exactly. right. And you know originally credit cards, and the, 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 there's an actual script showing that credit cards originally were gonna be called debt cards. And mm. marketing people said, mm, that doesn't sound very positive, does it? And then someone's like, well, that's actually what it is. It's a debt card. Yeah. And they're like, Well, let's call it credit. It sounds positive, doesn't it? Like we're helping people mm. and it's just bollocks. It is a scam. It is a con. And I don't know how to help people out of it because even I had to go get a credit card to get my credit rating up so I could get my internet connected. Obscene. And now every week, by the way, mm. that same credit company that I had to set up with send me some shit note saying, oh, you could get a car loan now. Oh, you've been keeping up your payments. You can get a 500 pound credit on buying some shit I don't need. Yeah. And then once you get into the system, you think you're doing well for yourself, i.e. you think you're able
2: to progress in getting a house, whatever it might be. Then you get marketed all these other debt products and then your interest levels just go through the roof and that is ultimately where they make money from you. I mean, what would be your advice to a young person who, again, maybe hasn't seen, doesn't understand this, they're 18 years old, their parents are telling them you need to work to get a mortgage, you need to go to university, take a student loan. What would be your advice before they start on that journey of debt ultimately? What would you say to them, um, knowing what you know now and being in the position
1: you're in now? So I think the first thing is only take advice from people whose life you want. If you see someone living the type of life that you want, then it's worth taking advice from them. And, and frankly, parents, my generation, I'm talking to a young audience through my community, but my generation generally, first of all, it was a different time. So taking advice from someone who didn't have the internet and didn't have... <laughs> Uh, social media to to lean on as an opportunity and and the ability to travel that we've got today. Don't take advice from someone who didn't have all those tools and don't take advice from someone whose life you don't want because you will have their life if you take their advice, right? So only take advice from people whose life you want. The second thing I would say is that everything the school system teaches you, do the opposite. So the school system says conform, sit down, shut up. Don't do that. Be yourself, stand up strong, be you, be individual. School system says don't copy what a load of rubbish. How do you think we got fire? We saw someone doing it. We're like, that's good. I'm I'm gonna do that. And then someone else saw it and did it better. how did you do you think it the curriculum? It? Exactly. The whole the whole thing, you know, that's why 80% of A students end up working for C D and E students, right? Because actually the biggest thing you can do to succeed is to fail. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Can you explain a, a little bit more about that? How
2: 80% of basically the top performing students end up working for the C D E's? they the, ma- as the main
1: reason for this is actually really simple. A students don't experience failure throughout their school career they actually there are a few people that actually do really well in school those that will conform those that do memorize well there are a type of human that are very suited to the school system and they will thrive but when they come to the real world and someone says to them would you like to take no salary for a month or unlimited upside potentially they're like i'd rather just get an a that's possible i just like i just want it consistent like the rest of my life has been i've always been a good i've always been successful so just give me a salary because i'm clever and then that traps them because then they can only do what they've learned and they can't adapt whereas these students i failed so many times i started a gardening company at 15 i've made so many mistakes i kept making them i would hire someone i couldn't afford when i was younger Hmm. right there's no way an A student does that because they have worked out they're too clever but not in the right sort of clever, in my opinion. And Mm. the school system's made it worse. They've made them fine tune their memorization skills and not broaden their EQ that's a really good point and I love the idea also about resilience that you know when you have failed
2: so many times and especially when at school you're almost put in the corner a little bit right if you're not a true high high performer um, and that goes through state schools private schools whatever it might be you know when you are a low performer in school you have to deal with constantly being told that you're not doing well enough that you aren't good enough and with the right type of personality that's only going to build more resolve that's only going to build more resilience and that's the resilience and the strength that you need in the real world so just to move on Slightly, you know, obviously, you've been a very successful entrepreneur. You now run an amazing business helping others. You know, it's, it's incredible what you do. What are some of the traits that you think are absolutely fundamental to success today?
1: Well, I've also interviewed 200 of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. I've asked them the same question because i when I looked at how I made it, part of me thinks I was just lucky. And I think that's a really important thing to discuss because luck does play a part. People say, Oh, the harder I work, the luckier I, I get. I'm like, Well, what about where you were born then, mate? How hard did you work in the womb? <laughs> To get... gonna you know, say pretty hard. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, It's bullshit. I mean, yeah. luck definitely plays a part. I think what's really interesting about the t- traits of success, the things that I've seen that 100% guarantee success is optimism, a general belief that even failure was a good thing. By the way, Elon Musk doesn't agree with me on this. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be Elon Musk, listen yeah. to him. If you want to be me, listen to me. <laughs> he has a different opinion. He doesn't believe in optimism, right? And he, but I, I personally have seen it firsthand and in my own life. When I was kicked out of home, and I was homeless. I was actually optimistic about it. I thought, well, this is a different stage. This is an experience. This is, I feel lucky. You know, I'm still alive. You know, like, it's weird. I actually felt positive about it in a, in a really, really strange way, which might be hard for people. Can you just to tell me. that story very quickly, actually? So you say, you know, you were kicked out of your home. You made home at 15. What happened? Basically, my father suddenly died of a heart attack. Um, I was 15. He was 56. And I, he died in front of me. I thought he was joking. He just slumped down on a chair, and, and, and I was just like, what are you doing? And He was having an argument with my mum at the time, and I was like, what are you doing? And I thought he was just having a, like a kind of a joke thing, and then he wasn't responsive. We called the ambulance, and then by the time the ambulance arrived, he was dead. And suddenly he was gone from my life, just from not really appreciating him, not really believing he was even dying in front of me, almost thinking it was a joke, to have gone. And then uh, basically, uh, you know, at 15 years old, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I didn't want to go home and be sad. So I would stay around my girlfriend's house or go out with my friends. And and my mum clearly was obviously going through something, of course, at the same time Mm. as me. Uh, We just clashed. And one day she said, you know, what a lot of people might hear from their parents. It's my way or the highway. And I just said, I'll take the highway. And she said, right, get out. How long after your dad died? About three weeks. Oh, wow. And she just threw all my stuff out the front door. And um, I, I actually thank her for it now because it also woke me up it gave me um access to the real world quicker than most and 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 I have the most amazing life today because of that difficult moment mm. like you i trace I a lot it. to that day a lot I, I, I can I can literally feel that that's the day i woke up it's a part of your brain we've all got it it's like a survival part of your brain so, so your
2: eyes open and everything just Wait, becomes clear just, you have to make it work
1: I, I literally think I could. I hear differently like when people talk to me I, I hear differently I, I understand the world that moment woke me up into that I had it twice I had it at 15 when I left uh, when, when, when this whole situation happened to me at home and then I had it at 23 when I moved to Hong Kong another, I had another moment where I realised how big the world was. Because when you grow up in England, you think England's the best ever. You go on holidays to Spain or some, you know, I guess some shitty place and you're like, okay, this is fine. I'm glad to be back in England. We've got good roads. But I realised how big the world was and how much there is out there and how, like, I was told China was this communist country that you should never aspire to go to. And it, I went there. It was beautiful. The food's amazing. The people were happy. I was like, this is not the China I was told. You know, and, I, and, then, I, and then I went to Thailand, same. I like, oh, it's full of, you know, drugs. Don't want beautiful scenery and beautiful skylines and beautiful climate and happy people like all these images that were sold by media were not true and i uh, learned that by seeing the world to your point on the uk many people are very jaded with this country i
2: think there's been a growing frustration over the last 10 15 years especially amongst my generation who've had now had to enter the working world with probably the hardest climate i'd imagine for can't pick a date back when maybe it was harder, but for a very, very long time, infinitely more challenging in so many factors. Whether it's the cost of living, salary salaries to house prices, all these different things. When you say about how big the world is, I think a lot of people get inspired by the idea of traveling. So many more people now are looking at working in other places because the UK is just that bad right now. What would be your message to them, having seen the world, having lived very far away somewhere like Hong Kong? Um, what are some things that they can maybe think about as to why maybe they should consider leaving?
1: I have a very conflicting view about England because it's where I grew up. I'm sure everyone you know, who's listening to this, that's your UK audience will resonate. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud of England in so many ways. For some reason, I have to ask myself why more and more today, but I have a sense of pride about being English. And it is, it is an incredible place in so many ways, but it's let itself go. And I think a combination of corruption, which is a word that people think only applies to third world countries. It's definitely here Mm -hmm. Uh, alongside manipulation of the population. And I'm talking not conspiracy theories. I'm talking about financial manipulation. If you want to see if something's true or not, just follow the money right? You want to see how mortgages work? Follow the money. See how it works. Everybody in the top 100 rich list did not make their money in property. They made their money starting a business and owning equity in that business. Why is this not taught in schools? Mm -hmm. Because they don't want you to start your own business. They want you to work for the businesses that are being lobbied by them in government. They want you to go work for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want you to own equity in businesses. And bosses don't want you going up to your employer and saying, give me equity in a business. But that's what you should do. And if you can't get equity in that business, start your own. And if you can't uh, think what business to start, go travelling. Go see the world. Go see what's out there because there's so much out there. Go to Thailand and bring something back from Thailand here. There's lots of things missing from this country. And maybe you can go overseas and see it and bring it back here. But England, in my opinion today, needs a total overhaul. We need to rethink how things work here and start breaking up these big companies that control everything and give power back to the people. And by the way, we can take the power back. You know, like I have mm-hmm. three million people follow me. If everyone did one kind of thing, like I said earlier, to help a stranger's day, the world will change. Now we could all do something today mm-hmm. to change our lives. Get your costs down. Right now, get your costs down. That's the first step to financial literacy. Drive around in a shit car. Who cares? Because you know what? A year from now, if you drive around in a shit car, you'll be able to buy any car you want. Don't buy a house and get trapped. Use any capital you've got to start a business that generates you income. Ideally, something you love. Because this is the other thing. Retirement is another construct that's been given to us. Work in a shit job. Uh, Monday to Friday and you'll have the weekends to, and have some fun. But then yeah, back We'll to give Monday.
2: you the weekends but back in on Monday. And
1: don't worry, yeah. when you're 65, you're going to own that house. Mm. Finally, Yahoo! we're going to take it back off you later but sub, sub terms of contingent supply. But you own a house. Now you can have fun. Retirement is bullshit. Forget retirement. We're going to live to 88. Live your life now all the way through to 88. I will not stop working. I, I like what I do. I like doing the, the job work. I do. Work's being uh, sabotaged because, again, they're selling you a pension. Mm. They're selling you a monthly thing that you may never even... P A Y PAYE Each mm-hmm. month, don't worry. One, you're, you know, this is good that you're doing this shit job because you're paying money in each month and you can retire when you can no longer travel, really, or you can no longer fly because you've got certain medical issues, or you can no longer aspire to climb a mountain. Go and do it now. Mm. Don't do it when you're ultimately
2: too old to do a lot of these things. I jumped you
1: know? on a plane to Hong Kong and stepped on a friend's couch and I started a company in Hong Kong. And I knew nothing about Hong Kong. I didn't know how to register a company. I didn't know none of it. I just went there and did it. And you know what? Once you start doing it, you learn. It's like playing a board game. Don't read the instructions. Start playing. Make up your own rules. Mm. Did you know the average
2: peasant in the Middle Ages had 100 days of vacation a year?
1: I was also, my son's uh, studying, uh, he's six years Mm. old, and he's studying the Tudors. And he was talking about uh, how the food that the peasants used to eat is actually better for you, it turns Mm. out, than what the rich people were eating. Yeah,
2: well, there's a much greater culture of, um, you know, of holistic life rather than life and success being about money and material things there was more acceptance of differences and also an embracing of who we are and how we exist and being grateful for that every moment rather than again aspiring for pure material success which is how we live
1: and then retirement Mm. i used to own fancy watches and fancy cars i got rid of all of it because these things end up owning you. It also becomes your identity. You know, if you have a flash watch, you're like, oh, look at me, I've, I've got all of it is rubbish. It's mm-hmm. all just a, a complete game to trap us into paying some sort of monthly fee. And we don't need Which any of truly, it. Which is truly, and this is the bit that I think is so interesting about what you were saying
2: it's your time. Yes. You make money through time, you exchange yes. essentially your time for that watch, for that Lamborghini, whatever it might be. You know, why, I think from when you were saying that, it really stuck with me that, yeah, we need to change our approach to how we view paying for things and how you value and actually right. look at time. Do you think that's, that's the, fun, the well, most when, important when thing When someone
1: says to me they can't do what they love because they've got a mortgage and I'm like, well, heart it, my heart does break. And I understand it because they put their £30,000 deposit into that house. They then spend £10,000 making the house nice. And there's two problems with it. One is that they then have no money to run away on something they could love to do, so they've got no money spare. Two, they can't lose what they've got by not making that payment, and they will lose it if they don't make that payment. And then finally, I think people don't even have time to breathe anymore. They don't have time to think about what they could be doing that would make them happy. They've just got to do what they've got to do to survive. And, and, and that needs to change. Well, it changes your whole
2: approach to risk, your whole approach to freedom, because you're ultimately not free anymore. Right. You have a liability and a heavy one that goes over your head. And the funny thing is, is people are voluntarily giving themselves this liability. It mm. changes the way people view the world. I've had two mortgages. I sold my flat relatively recently. We've, we've had two flats and now I'm renting. I've never felt better in my entire wow. life. Yep. Never felt better in my entire life because I have cash in the bank. I have, I have freedom because I'm not dependent to a bank
1: you can also go where the opportunity is. Exactly. And when you're young, that's another thing. I think I sometimes ask myself, would I have made it if I just stayed in England? And I think the answer is no. Mm. I think it's because I moved to Hong Kong and I learned a new system and I learned a new way of life and I rebuilt my life from scratch. Having zero is a competitive advantage. Anyone listening who has no money has a competitive advantage to someone middle class who has a house and a car. And, and people don't realise their power, especially when you're young. You don't realise your power. I was forced to enable that power. I was mm. forced because I had no support structure. So I had to take risk. And risk is how you get success, by the way. The more risk you take, the luckier you get. It's got nothing to do with hard work, right? Yeah. Like, as long as you take one big risk a day, you'll be successful. It doesn't mean hours you work. You don't have to work. I mean, and, and, and to me, the fact that people don't realise this, they buy themselves something to try and make themselves happy. And I blame the marketing companies right mm-hmm. and i used to own a marketing company so i know the marketing companies sell you that owning a house will make you happy i bought myself a porsche because as a kid that was everyone's you know dream own a fancy car first week i was like, i was on cloud nine i was like this is amazing i own this car i bought it i'd look at it wow i went to the showroom gave them cash and took the keys and drove it out like that, that dream i mm-hmm. did it a week later, it got a scratch on it. I'm like, oh no, it's got a scratch on it. Then I had, to, the back. I had to take <laughs> it back to the garage to get it fixed. The next thing I know, I'm working for this car. I'm literally at the petrol station filling it up. I'm going back to the garage to get it sorted out. I'm dealing with the insurance company that mucked up the insurance. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with the bloody thing owns me. I got rid of it. Mm. Best thing I ever did.
2: And I think to your point, you know, you as a 15-year-old thrown out of your house, I would imagine probably in a, in a way the freest you've been in one sense because you don't have any liabilities or responsibilities yeah. at all even the chores you maybe had to do around the house that's gone to a point your your back's against the wall and you have no
1: you have no choice other than to find a way and you know what? humans are incredible mm-hmm. if you put up as a, a back against the wall it's amazing what we can achieve the vikings used to call this burning the boats right vikings land somewhere they burn the boats that got them there they Make can't go work back. You, yeah. you die or you make it work and actually mm-hmm. it's really powerful because quite often you don't die yeah and this is what yeah. and
2: this is one thing that i am personally massively passionate about when it comes to younger people who are at school school is the most wasted time i think of people's lives from the age of 12 to 18 crazy you can do so much you have zero responsibility not everybody most people have very few responsibilities if any you won't necessarily have children at this point you won't have spouses you won't have a mortgage you won't have rent big expenses and you won't
1: have jaded knowledge and either you won't have way, jaded knowledge <laughs> you should have you one. believe anything is possible exactly. you're free to do it but what
2: an opportunity if people were more creative during that time especially now you have TikTok you have social media you have distribution but that's why they set up
1: universities partly to put you in £50,000 worth of debt so that when you leave university your only choice is to get a job I saw recently uh, an influencer degree when was training on LinkedIn I was like
2: influence a like, degree this, is that, that is a yeah, joke I was like, oh, it's an and it's like yeah the okay. only way you can become an <laughs>
1: influencer is by doing it go make there yeah, is no one I, I, I recently interviewed a marketing grad went to a, a very well known university came out with marketing and I said to them what are the four income streams on TikTok T- tell me the four ways you make money on TikTok and they're like no idea no idea <laughs> £60,000 worth of debt four years mm. and they don't know how to make money on TikTok for a business for themselves. I'm like, if they spent that four years
2: actually trying to make money on TikTok, they would have made more than that. Well, yeah, and
1: then then, your marketing degree is actually relevant because you've got real life experience. They shouldn't be selling marketing degrees. I I think the whole thing is a a complete scam. It's a business. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting sucked into it to do a marketing degree, then wake up. Yeah, you'll love this. I went to to
2: uni. I went to Kings for three, uh, three months at 12 weeks. And I studied a degree, studied terrible, most thing of my life called digital culture. First year they ever did it. And I dropped out because I got a job at Vice where I've been doing work experience over the summer. And I had this juxtaposition every time that I went into that seminar room where I I was working at Vice on the Friday and I'd been there during my summer holidays. And then I'd come to this digital culture degree to learn about Dungeons and Dragons or something completely irrelevant. The course teachers had no idea. Everyone around the course was so alienated to the real digital culture that I was at that time. fortunate enough to be working in every week. And I said this, I'm, I've had enough, I'm out. And it was the best thing I ever did. And I also think, just to put on uni before we move on, if they had a card machine outside of the hall when you come in and you had to pay for every session, it was £40 a session for me, I bet it's gone up,
1: how many people would go? If you had to pay for every lesson you went to? Of course not. Because you would And you would cr- at the end of each one. But sometimes people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So if someone... Like I, I, I was speaking at a very well-known university recently. They have an MBA programme. And the professor, before I went up, was talking about how to get sales. It was like the sales. He was talking about sales. And it was all rubbish. And I had to get up there and literally say, your professor has just talked the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard. It is all. And, I, and I never, I'll never get invited back to yeah. speak there. But they are just literally, they've never done a sale in their life. They're talking about a sales process. They've never done it. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, that's what go back to my point earlier. Only take advice from people whose life you want you know and if you want to be a professor then listen to a professor that now there are exceptions of yep. course like every rule but i i'm very cautious of people that give out advice um, when then they don't have a life i want mm,
2: i think that's very true
1: there was one nuance that um, i wanted to mention i don't I don't want to forget it which is um, the other real benefit of me leaving home at 15 was um a new circle because sometimes your existing circle they try to define you so they might say you're you know i don't know you're you're such a rebel, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then you're living up to that rep. Whereas when I was suddenly um, away from everybody that thought they knew me, I discovered who I was. Yeah.
2: So. Okay, so we have a box here, and in the box are a number of cards. I'd like you to pick a card and tell me the first thing that comes to your mind.
1: Hope. Davide um, is one of the people that I met, his video went viral, I think we've had over 100 million views on his video so far. Um, it's a very simple dream. He just wants to open up his own restaurant. Presently, he's working in someone else's restaurant and he dreams of opening up his own restaurant. And this is the interesting thing I've discovered, that between doing what you're meant to be doing and what you're actually doing, there's often only 3% difference. And here's an example. He came to my house, cooked me a meal, mind-blowingly good. I shared it with the community. They all funded him to do his dream. And I have hope he's going to make it happen. You know, like he, he, he doesn't believe it's possible to do his own restaurant. He has the dream to do it but making it actually happen. And that, thats uh, he's one of those people that I have hope for, that he'll do what he loves.
2: And what's the big lesson of his story, do you think, for others?
1: Well, I think um, some of his story is personal, so I, I don't know if he'd want me to share it all, but um, he got himself in a lot of debt. And he um, was doing a job just to survive, really, but he was still doing something he kind of loved. And I think that's the thing sometimes. You have to give up good to be great. I think that's the other thing. Sometimes if you've got a job that's paying the bills and you're able to have the weekends off, it's actually very hard to give up that easy life, Mm. but that doesn't make for fulfilling life. You've got to give up good to be great. That's great. Yes. Love it. New research from small business support platform found that figures, figure rises to almost 48% of young adults between 18 to 24 who said that they are considering starting a business. So lots more people are thinking about it. Yeah. Can I take full credit? Please. <laughs> I, I will take full credit. No, I think I think this is the thing. that entrepreneurship has become a very popular terminology. I use entrepreneurship, but I'm really talking about freedom. Right? I'm really talking about freedom. I want people to have more choice when they leave school. Right now most people feel their only choice is to get a job and pay down that debt, right? Or get a job to get the money to buy a car. And I want people to know they've got another choice. So when I hear this, or you pick I pick a word, I'm like, options. You've got more than one option. You don't just have to get a job. And, and, and starting your own business, being an entrepreneur isn't that cool, but it does give you choice, right? You can have mm. a very big company, a very small company, a lifestyle job, a job that takes you around the world, choice. Mm. And when I hear that, I'm like, that's what I want young people to have. That's what they can have that maybe, you know, the generation, my generation, we could have a house, right? Maybe mm. it was a bit cheaper. This generation can have freedom.
2: What's, what more is there than that, really?
1: Yeah, but they just need to learn a few things. They're not taught at school for a reason.
2: Yeah, we should set up a school, you know. I'm up for that. Yeah, be good.
1: Madness. That's the word. I think so. (laughs) This is a picture of the staircase that I bought in Twickenham, which was on headlines on every single newspaper, including the New Yorker. I got people in America messaging me. Um, We bought this staircase. Um, It's the first time a staircase in London's ever gone on on sale. But we, um, we bought this staircase, and we put a doorbell on the bottom of it. And we said, press that doorbell, tell us your dream and we'll share it with millions of people and that's what we've been doing and there's queues of people going to this doorbell and the people in the queue are helping each other. The video goes up, the people who are watching the video are helping the people in the video and the people that are watching the videos are inspired to go and do it themselves too. right? And what I discovered doing this is um, where can people go for help? There is nowhere. 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 That is a problem. Mm. And if a doorbell in Twickenham can help people feel like they've got somewhere to go and get some help with their dream... I feel fucking happy and excited about the world because we need to start providing more ways that people can get help. Job unhappiness is a staggering all-time high, according to Gallup. Why? Well, I think the the media are to play a role in this too. Basically, there was a social experiment done where uh, rats were given a home and they were provided with food and water. And then those rats initially were quite happy and they had more rats and then they were happy, and and then they had more rats. Anyway, 12 years later, 26,000 rats. They basically all started eating each other and being unhappy because it's not about providing someone with a fish in their cave. You know, the analogy of like a job is, you're waiting in a cave and someone's bringing you a fish, right? Mm. That's, That's what's happened. We used to go out and hunt every day. We used to go out of our cave and live, but now we wait at home for someone to bring us a salary, right, that's not how we're meant to live. We're meant to go out there and have a challenge, we're meant to go out there and fight. And it's fun to be in the rain. It's fun to go for a walk with your friends. It's fun to learn to do something difficult, right? Which is why when people retire, they die quite quickly after. We're meant to have stress. Mm-hmm. So I think what's happening when I read a headline that like this is that people's natural instincts are being subverted.
2: Yeah.
1: They're not meant to sit at a desk all day doing something that doesn't feel meaningful exciting or energetic but a gallop poll just means that they're trying to bring control back sad this this picture makes me sad uh so this is uh jeremiah a homeless man uh that i met and spoke to um in brighton and uh i was homeless but I, i i think there's different types of homelessness and this homelessness where people become institutionalized into homelessness. And so uh, Jeremiah is one of these people. So I uh, tried to help him. Um, I bought him a phone. I showed him how to make money on TikTok. I tried to help him figure out a way of making a living. Because most people want homeless people to go get a job. That is so hard for a lot of homeless people. But They don't have an address, first of all, and they don't really want to get a job. Mm. right? And, and, and in Jeremiah's case, he has an addiction problem. And this is one area i i'm not familiar with and i can't help him i can't help him not be addicted to stuff right i'm not an expert in that so i've I've not been able to help him although i have tried um, and i have he i've reached out to him quite a few times since i originally helped him Mm. but i i don't know how to help someone with addiction so i was never a, a drug addict i've never touched drugs and when i was homeless i didn't get into that type of homelessness I wasn't institutionally homeless and I wasn't a drug addict so um, but I hate the fact that it actually feeds people stereotypes around homelessness mm-hmm. because I promise you anybody watching this podcast they're three steps away from being homeless yeah right if anything happened to my family I don't know what I would do I would probably turn to drugs to numb the pain and then I could be homeless right mm-hmm. so I don't I don't judge anybody and I just I'm just frustrated when I see this picture because he is a mechanic He's talented. Um, we, when I'm he was sure talking, he has dreams, right? He has a dream to be a mechanic with his own van. Mm. Um, and actually, I think entrepreneurship is, a, is a, a way out for a lot of homeless people because going to work for someone else isn't easy, <laughs> yeah. right? People forget that. We talk about how hard entrepreneurship is. We'll try working for someone else. Mm. I would challenge any entrepreneur <laughs> that says it's so bloody hard being an entrepreneur to go and be an employee again then, yeah. right? It's also hard. Mm. But I feel a bit sad when I see, see his picture because I haven't been able to help him the way I would like to. U.S. experts warn AI likely to kid off jobs and widen wealth equality. So AI is a real problem. We have to be aware. Now, everyone says, when I say this, they say, well, this has happened before, technology's come along and humans have adapted. I'm like, yeah, but we planned. We're not mm-hmm. planning for the outcome of AI. If you think about like the repercussions of technology not working out, you look at the Rust Belt in America, mm-hmm. how disenfranchised that part of America had become, and then they vote for leaders like Trump right that cause division hate and anger and ai is exponentially bigger every part of the world will be a rust belt of america and so it's not ai that's going to take people's jobs it's those using ai that are going to take people's jobs yeah. and if you're studying to be a doctor and you've got eight years left to go when you come out you won't be a doctor you won't be you'll be working for a company that runs operational doctors ai doctors and robot doctors you will be No one gets an MRI done by a human anymore, do they? Right? If if a machine can tell what's wrong with you better than you can, then they're going to use the machine. Mm. So you're a doctor. You're training to be a doctor. You're going to get replaced by AI. People can't even fathom this. This morning, I got a delivery from Mercado, right? I know his job's going to get replaced in five years by a vehicle that drives itself. Why is no one telling him that? Mm-hmm. because we need him to deliver the stuff to all the customers this morning right mm. so there's almost like a blanket not making people aware thing because yeah. we don't want everyone to quit or to be freak ready. out
2: and to you know i think i couldn't agree more and also when you look at america and you look at the truck drivers as the biggest example of you know i guess the big moral question around why do we work why do we have jobs why do we have companies and ai is advancing and accelerating dramatically dramatically the Inclination for bosses and for business owners to automate everything, keep costs as low as they can, and make as much money as they possibly can. They're do it. In the reality, and they will do it. Of course, they will, there's no stopping it. But in the reality, the reality is: what are those truck drivers going to do? Exactly. What's this man going to do today? Maybe Jeremiah. People, there's going to be many more people like him because they're going to be not, many more people like Jeremiah. Yeah, right. because the co- the companies are purely self serving and are not looking after their people, and not even thinking about the human cost. This
1: scares sense. me. This 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 stuff scares me. But back to being positive. I think there is a way out. And back the experiment I was mentioning earlier, Mm. the rats, right? They had water and food, right? They had what they call universal income. They're going to call it universal basic income. That's the answer that all these politicians talk about. 2.3 million people in England are on some sort of social benefit. And mental health is at an all-time high because people need purpose. People hate me because I say this. But back to my point that anyone could be an entrepreneur. What I'm really saying is take control of your own day-to-day. If you like painting, then do that. Yes, AI may come along and do painting, but you can make a living from it and you enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Mm. Yes, it's about enjoying what you do. Why the hell is that such an alien concept? Why can't we enjoy what we do and i think ai gives us the opportunity to do it but we also need to be honest with those that are going to lose their job because if we don't mm-hmm. give them the chance to retrain rethink i think it's a mind shift change it's yeah. no longer training that truck driver to do something else it's training that truck driver to keep himself entertained in life mm. right yeah. by maybe starting a flower business maybe by helping the elderly by doing something that's going to fulfill them because mm. that's the opportunity right is that the truck driver who gets
2: you know, taken out by AI, so to speak, has the opportunity to have time and freedom to build something for himself. If he had the tools and if he had more people looking to help him to do that, then maybe he'd, you know, be okay. The reality is for many out there, and you look at this, is already happening in America with the automation of truck driving. It's destroying communities. It's, destro- it's destroying families. It's taking away the only thing that people have. And the human cost is never factored into these companies because ultimately they look at these things in a faceless corporate way, which is how much money can it make and how much profit can it make me and how much money can we save? And I think the human cost needs to be factored much in a much more finite way. And companies,
1: I think, have a big responsibility to do more. We need to start being honest with people. Mm. I just don't know why. I mean, it's obvious this is coming down the pipe. Why not just tell people it's coming and plan? I want to wrap this up with one
2: final question to you. For anyone out there who is struggling with purpose, who's struggling with motivation, who needs some dose of inspiration, what is
1: your message to them? If you're lacking purpose, the first thing to do is probably surround yourself with people that have it. It's actually really infectious. If you're hanging out with someone with purpose, one of two things happen. Either you fall in love with their purpose, which is perfectly fine. Like my team love my purpose to help people do what they love. They're just as excited about it as me. Or you get so infected by it, you start to know what passion looks like. And you go out there and you make something happen. You're willing to fail. You try it. I think that's what people need to do. They need to surround themselves with people that inspire them and actually feel the energy of how incredible you are as a human like you need to believe in yourself and partly you need to be surrounded by people that believe in themselves to know what that looks like i love it that's a good place to end simon thank you
2: very much my friend for coming on thank you so much for having me it's been that was a lot in so many ways that was so inspiring and motivating. And I think to hear his story, but also the people that he's helped, his attitude and his perspective, his energy is just so infectious. And I think the thing he said around energy and purpose, being an infection is so important for all of us to remember. Surrounding ourselves with people who we want to be, who we want to be like, who we want to be inspired by is so key. And for anybody out there who is struggling, who is looking at their lives and wanting to change, hopefully this has given you a bit of light and inspiration to do so. So I can only say massive thank you to Simon. I hope everyone has loved this episode of Unbox as much as I did recording it. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment, and we'll see you again next week.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found.